Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and we have a special guest on today's podcast with one of our top senior account managers, Mark Crouch, joining me. Hi everyone, thanks for having me. Great to be on the, on the pod for the first time. So the podcast has a simple format and this week we're talking about Joe Biden's inauguration and how that might affect the markets. First things first though, Mark, how have investors found the week? What have they been talking about? Yeah, I mean, look, just to echo what you said there, really, it, it's all been about what's happening over the, the other side of the pond, Joe Biden's inauguration. There's so much going on as well. I mean, it seems that the fourth quarter earnings we've got happening now and predominantly next week um, are almost being forgotten about somewhat. But certainly Joe Biden's inauguration, what he's going to do in his first week 10 days how it's going to impact the markets that seems to be the talk of the town it's certainly an exciting time for the markets and as you say so joe biden's going to become the 46th president of the united states and that's a job you could say that has a a number of challenges so where to start with this topic well first let's have a look at the things that are worrying investors big questions naturally how is he going to respond to covid and almost can he spend his way out of troubles you know he's just got this new two trillion dollar stimulus package and if he does what that means longer term for the likes of inflation national debt and the stock market as a as a whole Currently, obviously, nobody knows what's going to happen. And so how do investors react to such uncertainty that we're seeing here? Yeah, nobody can predict how the next few days and weeks are going to play out. You said it yourself. What's the impact going to be of this $2 trillion stimulus package? I think overall, the the US stock market is like this steam train that's going along at the moment. And while Trump's team are going to step off, Biden's team are going to step on. And ultimately, if these stimulus packages keep coming, which it looks like, I mean, personally, I think that they are, we're starting with the 1.9 trillion and I think it's going to continue throughout the year, then I see the impact on on the US markets being positive. Ultimately, the the best way to go about these situations when there is any uncertainty, and it's the same when there isn't, diversification. You know, that old saying, diversification is the only free lunch in investing. That really does ring true in so many scenarios, whether there's, you know, positivity or negativity. You can take that punt on something if you want, but there's always going to be that element of risk. Whereas if you spread your portfolio and you diversify over a number of asset classes, that has stood the test of time, in my opinion. And I don't think that changes here. When you look at the markets, we've obviously known that Biden's going to have been coming in for a while now. So do the markets factor in the change of presidency into the valuations of companies and and kind of the the stock market as a whole? Or will they kind of wait to see exactly what Biden does for the first, say, week or so? I think a bit of both, actually. I mean, I'm reading there's a bit of concern of what exactly Biden is going to do within, you mentioned there, within the first week, 10 days. There's talk there's going to be a lot of executive orders trying to reverse a fair amount of what the Trump administration has already done. And there's no telling exactly how many orders they're going to sign and what the impact's going to be. But I would say that the market has probably priced in a lot of it in terms of this stimulus package has been talked about for a while. I think over the last few days, we've seen uh, US markets reacting positively to this day. So it's difficult to say. I think the next few, what, week or two, few days is going to be very, very interesting because on top of all of that, We've got fourth quarter earnings as well. That's going to give us a good gauge on where we are in terms of how these companies have performed towards the end of the year as well. 
as well as the policies in which the Biden administration are going to be implementing on the first few days of office. So it's exciting times, I think. And I'm feeling a lot of positivity from clients overall, but it's certainly up in the air at the moment. So have you seen investors on eToro using the money in their portfolios or are they kind of parking it for now and waiting to see? I would say definitely more I've seen have been taking positions without a doubt more so than than have been realizing profits. That's not to say that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. But I think just with this stimulus package agreed and with the Trump administration, there was a lot of friction. I think with Biden, that's not the case. And I think that many are anticipating it to be a lot smoother with Biden. And for the rest of this year, famous last words, perhaps to be smooth sailing. In terms yeah, of... people basically just want a safe pair of hands just to stabilise things, don't they? Yeah, exactly that. And they want an easy ride. They don't want someone who's going to ruffle feathers. But at the same um, which... time on that, Wall Street's, you know, we've talked about this in the past on this podcast. Wall Street's had all time highs very recently. Mm-hmm. And so from their point of view, are they a little bit disappointed that Biden's coming in or are they expecting to stimulus package and other kind of initiatives to keep the wall street machine kicking on i don't see what biden could i mean biden's gonna have to do some serious work to stop the momentum of the u.s market in my opinion i mean ultimately we don't know what's around the corner and the last 12 months has shown us that but i think the whole world is almost getting to grips now with the last what 10 months of covid big powerhouse companies are adapting the whole market seems to be adapted to the new way of things, if indeed it does continue. And there's only a certain amount of things Joe Biden can do without really putting his foot in it or the administration to knock us off this trajectory of momentum. And with the stimulus coming in, ultimately, this money's got to find a home. And it's going to depend where he allocates it, where his uh, Treasury Secretary allocates it. But personally, I I don't see how he can have a massively negative effect over 2021. So in 2020, it was very clear that there was some, you know, winners and losers. So looking at 2021 now, if we start with those sectors that could be in trouble this year, where, where are you looking? That's a really good question because it's very, very difficult to answer that because we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. We don't know what's going to happen with the vaccine whether they're going to roll it out to everyone, whether it's going to be successful, how long that's going to take, whether the lockdowns are going to continue, the restrictions are going to continue. We can make an educated guess. And I think I would say that, again, we go back to the diversification point in that if you want to get into the market at the moment, I think an ETF that effectively buys the whole stock market or one of our, you know, our copy features are fantastic. Some of our PIs or our copy portfolios, those sort of things, because you don't have to take a punt on whether the COVID restrictions are going to significantly hinder a sector like they have in the airliners, for example, the energy companies. Some of them have been absolutely walloped and have recovered somewhat, but nowhere near much as the tech companies and online retail and things like that. So that really is down to each and every investor, I would say, if they fancy having a bit of an educated punt, and they feel that by the summer, things might start to get back to some sort of normality, they might think, you know what, I like the look of some of these airlines, Boeing, American Airlines, IAG, something like that energy companies, BP, Shell, Exxon, they might fancy a calculated or educated punt on something like that. Big, big company that will pay them a dividend even if they do get it wrong, but could well go back and surpass its highs if things go back to normal, but they might not. So in that case, you may want to play it safe. Yeah, it's interesting that you you mentioned kind of just investing in perhaps an industry or whatever, just diversify. Um, Just looking at the Toro stats, the NASDAQ is the third most traded instrument of January 2021. That doesn't surprise me. 
so a lot of our clients are obviously taking that advice and you know naturally the nasdaq has a, a lot of tech stocks in it doesn't it yeah exactly and, and i think that ultimately if the covid scenario continues and restrictions increase or carry on and we don't get to grips with this virus for another x amount of months um, hopefully we do but if it continues to, to roll into 2021 then surely you would think the nasdaq is still a reliable place to park some funds because you would assume that the tech stocks are going to continue to do well in that scenario on the flip side of that one might think that are they perhaps overbought have they had such a stunning year that perhaps now one might look at allocating it towards the smp or or even the russell it's very very difficult to determine which would be the right move but i certainly think that if restrictions continue and we don't get to grip with covid and the vaccine takes a while to, to get rolled out i can see the nasdaq continuing but there is just that doubt in my mind that i just think it's could you could look at a chart and think wow that that looks a little bit overbought and, and a correction might be around the corner there's been a lot of noise that the Biden administration are going to be looking to crack down on big tech, the likes of Facebook, Google, Amazon, etc. And so do you think that could have an effect on the price of the Nasdaq? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it could. And I was just saying there that, you know, looking at the Nasdaq chart um, was sort of standing out to be you know, famous last words. Surely a, a, a correction would be coming on on the Nasdaq soon. But ultimately, if, if money and investment keeps going into it, then then why would it? But I think if they do, you know, impose crack crackdowns on some of these companies and almost rein them in a bit then certainly it will have an effect. Of course it will. And it might just, you know, wobble confidence of investors slightly, in which case they might choose to allocate funds elsewhere or just take a step back from it and, and see if it does correct, perhaps pull back to some of the moving averages. And then ultimately people see that as an opportunity and they'll get back in again. Another thing that we've talked about on this podcast is the US dollar and how that seems to be going down in value. And, you know, some of the top traded things on our platform are the Aussie dollar against the US dollar, the euro versus the US dollar. Just looking at the stats from the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission, it's interesting that speculative bets against the US dollar have actually built up to the highest level in nearly three years. So there's about $10 billion. This is as of the 12th of January. Is this a yeah. sentiment that you're seeing from eToro's traders as well? Yeah, I mean... I would say without a shadow of a doubt, I've had more conversations in the last four weeks with clients because look, uh, all of our accounts are denominated in US dollars. And I've had so many conversations with clients about how can they hedge decline in the dollar effectively. And many of them looking at, like you said, uh, taking currency positions against the dollar, euro, USD, et cetera. Look, I mean, currencies, you've always got to factor that in, but there's no doubt with the amount of money that the stimulus that the US are injecting in, that it's going to continue to devalue the dollar. But this has been going on for years and years. I think savers are the only ones that suffer in this scenario, especially with the interest rates where they are. There are things you can do. The conversations I've had with clients is, yes, you can take the currency positions, but you can also allocate your funds into asset classes that are valued in dollars. So, you know, if the value of the dollar is decreasing, then ultimately it's a fair assumption to make that stocks valued in dollars are going to increase in value. Commodities valued in dollars are going to increase in value. I mean, we look, I think over January, gold has been one of the most popular long trades on the Toro platform. Yeah, it's that actually been the number one. 
Well, there we go. So, so that, I mean, in itself shows that, that people are maybe conscious of, of the dollar losing value and are wanting to almost hedge against it. And yeah, that's what I've said to them. I've said, yes, you can take the currency positions, but ultimately, if you don't want to do FX positions where you're incurring rollover charges, you might look at buying docks valued in dollars, commodities valued in dollars, and whether that be ETFs, gold ETFs, oil ETFs, silver ETFs, futures contracts, what have you, that is still, I would say, a good place to, to hedge against the decline in the USD. People are also hedging against the US dollar, it seems, using Bitcoin, which is our number two most traded asset underneath mm. gold. So it's very interesting that kind of gold, obviously the traditional safe haven, Bitcoin for the newer generation, perhaps uh, a different type of uh, safe haven. Can you call it a safe haven? Maybe that's the wrong word, but uh, um, a hedge at least against the US dollar. I'm buoyant of crypto or I'm confident in it. I'm not confident in it because I think it's a hedge against the US dollar. Ultimately, I feel that many people just jump on the bandwagon and in it, you know, they don't really know what they're investing in. But I do think that the, the, the point you've made there, many people see Bitcoin is a you know digital gold, as it were. So some traditional investors will will just think, no, no, I'll just invest in gold. I know exactly, you know, it's got a two thousand, three thousand, five thousand year track record of money. I'm not interested in looking at Bitcoin, but I'm certainly seeing more and more. You mentioned young people there, lots of young people invest in cryptocurrency. But more and more older clients now, or sure clients, should I say, are now investing in Bitcoin. But look, going back to what well, I said, and at sorry, the just jump in there. And also, institutions are now investing in it. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But what I've always looked at with Bitcoin, and the reason why I'm bullish on it at the moment, is nothing to do with that, rightly or wrongly. Because look, when I look at stocks or when I look at commodities, I always look at fundamentals. Always. When I look at crypto, I just don't. Because over the last few years, I've heard so many positive fundamentals, negative fundamentals, and I haven't always seen that reflected in the price. Bitcoin and crypto is, is one of the only asset classes that I will 90% of my opinion on it will be based on the chart. And there's that old saying, I can't remember who said it, you know, show me the chart and I'll tell you the news, which with many things, I think no. But with crypto, I, I think there's an element of truth in that because I think it was it was back in March when Bitcoin, well, when every the whole markets fell out of bed and they went to new lows and some of the cryptocurrencies went to new lows or recent lows anyway. But then about two, three months after it, we actually did a, a report on it, about two or three months after it, Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, NEO, one or two others, they broke out of this long-term downtrend that they'd been in for two and a half years since the beginning of 2018. And it was the first time that any of them had broke out and sustained that breakout. And all it was is just a long diagonal downtrend over the, over the last three years or so. And it was at that moment that I thought, right, something's turned here because it's not only broken out of this downtrend, it, it's followed through and it's held those levels and continued to push up. And from that moment, I thought to myself, right, we could well be in a new bull market here in Bitcoin. And it turns out, I mean, these things can reverse. XRP's had some pressure recently, but certainly the other ones have continued to push on. So, well, yeah, just, just on that, Ethereum had its all time high, I believe, last week. Yeah, it was. And a lot of them are, are making all time highs again. I mean, yeah, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and they're, and they're the number two. I mean, XRP, we know what's going on with that. There's a lot of talk of that on the, on the platform. We've got a lot of XRP holders, you know, Ripple, the, the company. They are in the midst of a, a battle with the SEC at the moment. And, and that, no doubt, will. Will, um, play out through the rest of this year 
But Ethereum and Bitcoin are looking very, very strong at the moment. And I wouldn't even like to make a prediction on them because ultimately they're not regulated. We don't know what future they have and, and what part they will play. It feels like digital currencies is the natural progression of where we're heading. But there's still big question marks about them in terms of where, where their place will, will be. And I think until that regulation comes in, I will still be sort of sitting on the fence with them. But dare I say that, and what are we at? You know, they're, they're smashing all-time highs and people are making fantastic profits from these cryptos. And, and a lot of them as well, I think it's great. A lot of clients have been holding these cryptos for a few years, and many of them have been sort of taking a lot of pelters from other sort of investors that have said, oh, you know, you're wasting your time. And they've been proven right that they haven't been wasting their time. And yeah, I think many... it's the 15th most valuable currency now in the world. Wow, there we go. And at the moment, looking at the charts... That of, was Bitcoin, um, that is, specifically. Yeah, of, of Bitcoin. Looking at the chart of Bitcoin, you know, until something significant happens where it breaks some key levels towards the downside, this to me looks like we, we are still in this bull run. But we've seen it before. It can all change so quickly with Bitcoin. I'm hearing figures $100,000, a million dollars, but we just don't know. No, nobody knows. So, so, yeah, watch this space on Bitcoin, I think. Just moving back to Biden and kind of the implications this could have on different markets. Trade is obviously a big thing with Trump going down very much the America first line of thought. What do you think Biden coming into power could do for kind of US-Europe trade relations and I guess specifically the UK within that? The possibilities for greater UK-US trade are enormous, I would say. But to pretend, look, I mean... Joe Biden has been quoted in saying in the last few weeks that it's not a priority for him, a trade deal, a significant trade deal with, with the UK within the next, certainly that covers the next 12 months. I've even, so look, I think there is massive potential there, but ultimately the rhetoric coming out of Washington is that it is not a priority. There, there could well be massive potential there, but until Biden gets round to us, I mean, I, I think we're going to have to take our place in, in line, to be honest. And I think that might be behind the EU. Um, so you're not expecting so any big jumps in kind of the relevant sectors, which could be looking at the Biden presidency's uh, kind of a, a kickstart to their own industry? At the moment, no. I mean, look, I, I look at the sectors that I do look at that I think will kickstart with in the FTSE are, are the energy companies. I think already we've seen a positive move in the oil price. And I think a lot of that's been driven by sentiment surrounding the Biden administration. And ultimately, our previous two big powerhouses in the FTSE, BP and Shell, are going to benefit from that. But I don't see anything to, until they make it more of a priority. I don't see that happening. I, I see the room for massive potential, but I think we might be waiting a little while. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Mark, is there anything else that you think people should be keeping an eye on this week? Yeah, you know, we haven't even touched on the earnings. I mentioned it at the beginning. Fourth quarter earnings for all the companies are going are going this week and next week, UK, US um, and Europe. I think it all really kicks off in the US next week. The big boys going, some of the US banks have already gone. Certainly keep an eye on that. But look, I mean, whether people will or not, I think it's just all going to be surrounded around what Joe Biden does in his first 10 days in office. But watch this and space. Do you, what, do you find that a lot of people try to invest right before adults are announced and then kind of, you know, quickly in, quickly out? Or is that not a good strategy that, you know, has seen that good results over the years? <sighs> Depends if you get it right. I mean, if you get it right, then it's a, it's a fantastic strategy. But, but risky? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, yeah. I would say so, because ultimately we, we've seen it before where results come out and on the face of it, 
the earnings report are very, very positive. But there might just be something within that report, potentially the projected outlook or, 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 or whatever. It could be anything in there that just nibbles on the confidence of investors. And from what looks like a fantastic earnings report, you look and, and the stock opens you know, 5% lower. So I personally think it pays to be reactive when it comes to earnings as opposed to proactive. That's not always the case, but certainly at the moment. And with COVID and, and, all, and all the things that have happened could and have affected these companies, I, I would perhaps, if you're not already in them and you're waiting to get into them, be patient. But look, I mean, if, if, you, fancy, if you fancy taking the risk, then, then why not go for it? Excellent. Well, thanks, Mark, for being on this week's podcast and discussing Joe Biden's inauguration and kind of the effects that that might have on the markets. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you want to learn more about trading and kind of what's happening in the markets we do have the eToro trading school which can be found going onto google and typing it there and that has various webinars and educational courses which are run throughout the week so thanks everyone and speak to you next week thanks a lot you've been listening to digest and invest by eToro for more information visit eToro.com <laughs>